From Muddle Football Club, I'm Andy Ross, and this is The Longer Listen. Today I welcome back a player who served Muddle for two and a half years, made a massive impact at his time here, Louis Moult. Welcome to The Longer Listen. Thank you very much, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you back, and two years now since you left Fur Park, but it seems that that attachment and that enthusiasm that you had for the club when you were here remains to this day. Yeah, yeah. Uh... This club's got a you know a special place in my heart, and I've said that many a time. Uh, I remember when I went to Preston, but you know I was still here for I think it was about a month before it got announced, and uh, it was a weird situation. But I remember going on the pitch and you know getting you know speaking to all the fans on the mic. I think it was raining, it was freezing, and so it's quite fitting. But uh, yeah, it was quite emotional, really. Uh, but like I say, it's got a, a very special place in my heart. This football club. And you joined Muddle from a club that had a big place in your heart as well. Leaving Wrexham after the FA Trophy final, you got two goals in that game. The team lost in penalties eventually. That must have been a bit of a, a gut-wrenching moment to leave on. Yeah. Obviously, everyone wants to leave in that high note of, of winning something. Yeah, yeah, it was difficult, you know, when I, when I first came up here. Uh, like you say, uh, we, had a, we had an up-and-down season, really, at Wrexham. And I was enjoying my football there. Uh, got to... The the final the final at Wembley and scored the two goals and uh, I remember walking around the pitch actually uh, because we had such a fantastic fan base at Wrexham and I think they still do uh, all the behind the goal I would just walk around uh, just shouting stick with us stick with I just remember it to this day and uh, you know because I thought I was going to be there for the, for the, I had a, another year on my contract so I thought right okay. We're going to go at it again next year. I mean, I'm, I'm quite a pa- passionate bloke anyway. So all my passion was coming out there because I just scored scored two. I was high with adrenaline, but we lost. So I was trying to unite us and the fans back together. Uh, like I say, I thought it was going to be there the season after. Uh, but then, you know, this move came about to Motherwell, which I didn't expect really. And I know I scored a few goals in that season, Uh but if I'm honest, like it was quite quiet. I know it was the end of the season, and there wasn't that many rumours flying about. Uh, so I thought, right, okay, I'll, I'll go and score some more goals in the conference and see where it takes me. And then this came about. You mentioned that the time of signing for Mother that it was a massive opportunity was a move to Scotland. Something you saw as a, a big step up for you? Uh, yeah, massive step up for me. Uh, I remember when it first came about, I was a little bit unsure because uh, I didn't really know much about the SPL. Uh, but my agent at the time, Mick Carney, uh, was quite thorough and quite keen to get me up here. Uh, so he, I remember coming up, he drove me up on a on a Saturday morning, I think it was, uh, showed me around. I met I met Flo, I met everyone, I met the manager. They all showed me the training ground. I actually remember going in Flo's car to the training ground and he showed me around, uh, which was a step up straight away from what I was used to, uh, you know, the ground itself and, you know, and, and just the surroundings and how I was being treated more than anything. Uh, so I remember coming up on the Saturday, we actually drove back on the Saturday. Uh, in that time, we negotiated a, a, a deal. Uh, and then on the Sunday, I rang my agent and said, right, let's do it. Uh, so it happened so fast, it was unbelievable. I was looking back at some of the interviews you did when you joined the club and you mentioned on getting the number 20 jersey that, <laughs> that would be, you would be aiming for 20 goals. That You've mentioned that you viewed it as a step up. 
but that confidence always seems to to be there the belief in your own ability that's a, a huge thing yeah definitely I think especially as a striker I think you've got to have that uh, I'm not going to lie there's been times when you know I am doubting myself a little bit especially you know through injuries and you know one reason or another I do get that little bit of shed of doubt but I just remember playing here and if I hadn't scored for two games, thinking to myself, whilst I was playing, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. And I used to say that quietly in my head, like, you'll get a chance, you'll get a chance. And it's just that positive thinking. It just always seemed to work here for me. And I don't know whether that was because I had the backing of absolutely everybody here, which I'm so grateful for, because I'm sure I wouldn't have achieved what I did achieve here if I wouldn't have had the backing of everyone. And I think everyone helped. Uh, you know, make me become the player I am today and the person I am today. It, it didn't take too long for you to get that first goal. The game would end in a defeat to St Johnston, but did you feel that was you off and running? And you very rarely look back from that point. Yeah, I remember the first couple of games I was on the bench, uh, and the manager Stephen Robertson was actually the assistant manager then. Uh, and we played Inverness away first game of the season, and we won one nil actually. Wes Fletcher scored a tap in. And I was on the bench and I came on for 10 minutes and I was thinking, I was watching the game and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is fast. I think, and that was the little bit of self-doubt that I had. I was sitting there thinking, I'm not ready for this. Because he started well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he started Wes, really, really Wes. well. And I knew Wes anyway. I played with him previously uh, at Acton Stanley on loan. And there he was playing in front of me. I didn't get a kick. Wes was playing every game in front of me. So I thought, oh no. I think Wes actually got signed the day before I signed. And, I, and, he, got, and he took the number nine jersey. And I remember looking at it thinking, that's my number. And, then, and I thought, oh no, it's happening here all over again. So Wes started that game, scored. And I'm sitting there on the bench thinking, this is quick. Like, oh, I, I, I could struggle here. And I remember getting on for 10 minutes and I, I couldn't catch my second breath. I was absolutely blowing. And I, I think I touched it twice if that, but we won 1-0. Uh, and, and then I remember that the, the couple of weeks after, I can't remember the second game, uh, but again, I was on the bench. Uh, I think it might have been Dundee, actually, here. And I think we lost that game. I think it was, yeah, we did. I think we lost that game. And I think I came on again. I think Wes pulled his hamstring in that game. And then in the third game uh, was Hearts away in midweek. And I remember... The, the gaffer in Barrowclough chucked me in and uh, I think we lost 2-0. But I remember just running and running and running. And, I've, and I, I remember playing the game thinking, I'm just going to run my socks off here and just see whether I can stay in the team. I think, thankfully, for, uh, from my point of view, I was lucky because Wes Fletcher, you know, unfortunately for himself, got injured. And that, you know, caved a little opportunity for myself. And I think he was out for three or four weeks. And then the game after Hearts was St. Johnson. And I scored the tapping, and then I never ever looked back since. Yeah, you absolutely didn't. You have five goals in the next six games. The the sixth, the sixth one of that was the defeat to Morton in the League Cup. You've continued your your hot streak as such, but a massive disappointment. The guy that's brought you to the football club has removed from his position in September. So, does that set in the, the self doubt as well? Because everything just seemed to to explode. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a. Yeah, it was a weird couple of months, actually. I think off the field, I was trying to get settled anyway. I wasn't in the team initially, but then I had, to be fair to him, the gaffer now, Stephen Robinson, coming up to me saying, keep working hard, you'll get your opportunity, you'll get your opportunity. So that I was always grateful for because he 
it's good when you, when someone recognises the hard work you're putting in, and he was and he was recognising it. Uh, and then you know I, I just carried on working hard really, and then I think we played East Five in the cup. I don't know if, was that before the Morton game? I think it was. Yeah, that was around before. And, and we, we went, struggled. We, we went struggled. To go down, to, didn't we? Yeah, we struggled to beat them. I think it might have. I think I that was I scored in that game. Yeah, you, you it, did right at the depth for the game. And I, think I think it finished three one, but it was, yeah, but it was a counter attack on the third yeah. one, uh, line of Lanesworth, I think. Uh, but I remember that game, and then the Morton game. I was on the bench. I think. Well, it was it was strange at the time because he he never really said a great deal to me in Barraclough, whether whether he was resting me or he dropped me. So I, it, there was me, Lionel. I think it might have been Marv Johnson on the bench, the three of us, and we. We were like having a little bit of a laugh, but thinking, has he dropped us or is he resting us? Do you know when you I, we just weren't sure? So we ended up losing the game. I actually came on and scored, uh, but we still lost. And then there was a little bit of you know chit chat after the game in the change room. You know, a few things were said, uh, and then he, and then he went, which I didn't expect to be fair, uh, because I don't think we were doing too badly in the league at the time. Uh, I think we won a couple and lost a few. Uh, so from my point of view I was like what's going on who's who's coming in here like, they might not have me whatsoever this guy's just brought me to this football club three hours four hours away from home is the next guy just going to go oh don't want you so I was I was a bit nervous obviously they brought the missus the, the, the kid up and what have you I was thinking oh no here we go but then you know uh, Mark McGee came in after that and uh, initially he went I think he, he he actually said quite openly he he was he wanted to see what he had in the squad so he was rotating team you know from from game to from game to game I remember scoring and then I was on the bench the next day like the next game sorry I was thinking oh this is, this is great this I was fuming and then uh, he actually pulled me in in his in his office and uh, said I'm going to put you on the bench tomorrow I know what you are you're my number one striker. And I was like, right, okay. So I know I'm going to play. And then that was it then. And then I ended up having a quite a good spell under Mark McGee. Yeah, he's, he's a figure that divides the model of support, I guess. But you seem to to really find your feet under him. And straight away, you were, I know you said you were kind of rotated initially, but yeah, you, were a, you were a mainstay. And yeah. he obviously had that confidence in you to make you his number one striker. Well, yeah, I think he openly said that as well, which as a player, you know, that means... Um, it just takes a little bit of pressure off yourself. I remember in the press, you know, reading a few things he was coming out with. I think he compared me to Luis Suarez at one point. I was like, whoa, steady on. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> but I remember that and I was thinking, whoa, steady. But once you hear that from your gaffer, you, you don't relax, but you almost feel a little bit more comfortable. And, I, and it made my confidence go even higher and, you know, try things that I wouldn't normally try. And sometimes these things came off and sometimes they didn't. But yeah, you know, we had. A, I remember the first the first season he, he came. We had a, we had a, we finished in the top six, I think, and we you know we finished the season unbelievable. We we found a way of playing. I think that was the main thing under Mark McGee. I think we were playing like a like a four like a four three three really with. I think it was me, Scotty, and Marv up top just doing what we wanted. That we didn't have a specific uh, like position. Me, Marv, or. Scotty McDonald, us three just played up front. The rest of the lads did what they had to do to get the ball to us three, and we would just try and create something and score. So us 
us three were loving it, absolutely loving it. Well, and that, and we we were we, we were quite good at it. Like I say, we finished in the top six. A game that really propelled you into the, the spotlight was the win at Parkhead. It's a shame that you've come on this month rather than last month because that was the last victory at Parkhead for a, a Scottish team. But yeah, Rangers obviously that. did that just before the new year. Two goals. And again, nobody fancied Muddle to win, put it that way. Uh, took a penalty really well. First one, right place at the right time. But that must have been, from playing at, at Wrexham, coming to Scotland as a bit of an unknown, it really put you on the map. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good day, that was. It was a midweek game, I think. I think it was a, I think it was a Saturday, but was it was it? very dark. <laughs> was that a Saturday? Yeah. I, I, I could have sworn that was a... All right, I thought that was... I'm certain that was a midweek, but there you go. Uh, yeah, I remember it right, really well, actually. Uh, I think Scotty gets brought down for the penalty. Uh, I think I sent the keeper the wrong way, luckily, because if he dives the other way, he's, <laughs> he's putting his hat on it. <laughs> so I was lucky in that respect. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, you know, it, was, it, was, it was a great achievement from us, you know, to, to beat them at their, at their place, really. And, you know, the, the, the times that we did play against Southampton, I think we, we ran quite close a few times. I mean... The four-three game here, I'll never ever forget that game. We were two 0 up at half time. It's funny because Scott Sinclair just signed for us, and I, and we were speaking about that like two days ago. We might talk about it later. Yeah, so. I thought we would, but uh, yeah, we were on about it. Just saying, he said, "Oh, I remember that game. Blah blah. I remember the goals you scored." And I was like, "Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> I remember the one you scored as well." <laughs> but yeah, but that going back to the the Parkhead one, yeah, it was it was great. Like you say, it probably did. Uh, put me in the spotlight that a little bit more. I always remember, I think it was after that game, actually. Uh, I, I, I lived in Hamilton at the time, <clears throat> up at Torhead, and I used to get, like, uh, my barbers was just further up, and uh, there was a bookies next to the barbers, and uh, on the advertisement was just me. And I couldn't believe it, me. I just drove past, you know, and I was literally just driving. I'm, I looked, and I looked again, I was like, Oh my days, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I spun the car and went uh, like parked outside the, uh, I think it was Coral or something, I don't know, and took a picture of myself. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, show my missus. I was like, have you, have you seen this? This is on like the window of the betting shop. <laughs> well, I think that was after, not long after the, the Celtic game, which was incredible. Yeah, it's, it's mad to think that that's four years on and they still hadn't lost a home league game. So it was a, an incredible victory. After the break, you got a couple of goals, one in the Scottish Cup, one in the league. And then there was a wee spell where you didn't score, which mm. you look through your mother career, it was very rarely a yeah. period of time where you were streaky. You just regularly scored goals. Yeah. I think it was seven without a goal um, and you'd score in a league game against Dundee United. Was there any point where you think, when you're not scoring, when's this next goal going to come? Am I going to drop out the team? Uh, was, it, what, was that my first season up here, yeah. that one, when yeah. I went seven without? I remember doing that a few times. I think uh, I think apart from that, I would have gone four at the most because I remember, and this is a football, all footballers must do it, but I'm terrible for it. So superstitions, when, when I score, I have to do like the same thing the next game. So like if I had two poached eggs the Saturday and I scored two goals, I will have two poached eggs the next Saturday, 100%. 100%. And, uh, and, and, and the longer you don't go, without scoring the worse you get like stupid stuff really really stupid stuff I've actually stopped doing it as much now uh, but I remember when I went them seven games I was just thinking 
it'll come, it'll come. Was it Dundee United when, was it the tap-in? I can't remember the goal, I've got to be honest. It wasn't away, was it? No, uh, yeah. We beat the United 3-0 in a midweek game and then I think Scottish we played goal them at Fir Park just after that. Uh, when I goal down and you scored the winning goal though. Was it on tally? Yes. It was a tapping back post. Marv Johnson set me up. Yeah, I remember it very well. It, that was a midweek game. Yes, that was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah. Was, I, I always used to think in my head, I can't go more than three games without a goal. That would be my rule. And then I think after them seven games, I weren't far off that. Uh, yeah, it must have been about four tops five. I I don't I, don't, I was I was looking through the, the stats and, and very but rarely I remember, when you're streaky, you, yeah. you scored goals just so regularly. Yeah, I remember in my head thinking, if I don't score in the third one, it's bad. So I had to get one in. Just a final one on the first season. Your last goal of the season was against Aberdeen, who were chasing the the title at that time. I can remember. I think. Celtic had scored late on and Aberdeen came to Fir Park really harbouring hopes of winning the league. Um, Muddle would win 2-1. He scored the goal and you're already away celebrating before <laughs> the ball hits the net. But it was yeah, just this, yeah. it was just a sign of how confident you were at that time that yeah. everything you touched seemed to turn to gold. I remember now, you know what? Yeah, I remember it now because I remember people saying that after the game. You were celebrating before it even went in. And I was like, in my head, it was always going in. Like, I just knew. Yeah, and then I ran across the goal and celebrated the far side yeah that's right yeah remember it well actually yeah like I said like after the game people were saying why were you celebrating before you went in I don't know if it was confidence or what I just in my head I knew how to contact with that ball and it was in simple as uh, yeah and I remember beating them 2-1 yeah that was a good result that. does that kind of it maybe it looks arrogant in some people's eyes but see when you're at the peak of your powers type thing does that just come naturally it definitely wasn't arrogant. I just, like I said, I just knew it was going in. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's probably because I was confident I was scoring goals. Uh, I think every time I played for Motherwell, I, I, I solely believed I was going to score. That was my, my attitude. I, the night before, I would think about the game and I, I would score like, all the time. Obviously, it didn't happen like that, but I tried to. <laughs> we'll move into the second season you picked up an injury in the Betfred games. Yeah. You would return against Hamilton and it was just a quiet, innocuous return, just the four goals against Ackies in the derby. That's unheard of for a middle player, really. Uh, and so satisfying to do it in a, a local derby as well. Your, well, your hometown, so... I guess, at that point. Yeah. I remember... So the start, the finish of the first season, I got 18, I think. But towards the end of the season, I tailed off. I didn't score a couple of that. For some reason, I've done that a few times. Uh, I think I was just thinking of my holidays. I don't know. <laughs> but then in the off-season, I remember it well because we were on holiday uh, with the family, the missus and the kids. And we just only had either at that time. And uh, we booked, I can't remember where we were, but it was 10 days. And uh, I was that's what it was. The end of the first season, I was playing... I played the last four, five games with like a slight injury. It was actually hernia. Uh, but I, I, we weren't 100% and we thought, right, with a little bit of rest, it'll go away. So we thought, right, go away on holiday, calm down and I'll be fine. So I went on holiday and I was just literally lounging around the pool, uh, 
and I, it was killing me. My groins were killing me. And I remember we went. I went for a jog on the beach. This was not far uh, from the from the season finishing. Not long. So I went for a little jog, and I, and I remember ringing Flo, saying, "Flo, you need to. You need, I need an operation. Like if you want me fit for the start of the season, I need this operation." So what I ended up doing is coming home after five days on my holiday. Mrs. Was Very fuming. <laughs> Honestly, family holiday. But I said to her, to be fair, she was brilliant. I said to her, if if I if I get if I if you want me to be fit for the first game of the season, which I didn't want to miss any games, we need to go home. And to be fair to Flo, he he, he paid for the flight home. And I think I was in the I was on, on the operation bed like a week later, which I think at the time I ended up missing a couple of Betfred Cup games. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And I think did I come off, off the bench a few times? You scored a couple of goals. I think you scored was a goal. Oh, and, uh, that was it. I, I think I missed two, mm-hmm. and then I came on against. I can't remember who I came on against, but I scored the free kick. Is that right? That, that was the season. Was after. that season after? Yeah, uh, but you did, you did score a couple of goals in the, the Betfred, and then and then the Hamilton the was the first weeks. game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was right. Yeah, because I, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I had to. So I, yeah, I come back at the operation and then missed a couple of games. But then I, I got. I think was Hamilton the first start? Was it? Uh, yes, I, I would have was been. It? I think that was just the start of September. But to come back in those circumstances and score the four goals, that must have surpassed anything <sighs> you could have imagined. Yeah, I don't know if it was just because I was so eager to play because I'd I'd just had this operation. I was like chomping it a bit because you do after you're injured you just your adrenaline's sky high because you want to do so well and it just so happens to be against Hamilton and we score the four I scored the four and we win it was unbelievable I remember that game like yesterday it was unbelievable it just everything I hit went in I actually scored five if you remember and one was offside but it was never offside I won't let that go the, the team weren't really firing during your second season nothing like the first season, though, yet again, and you've already mentioned that the four-three game against Celtic, the two goals in the first half. Just talk about the first goal, though. What the audacity to yeah. to pull that off, and yeah. it's just a tremendous goal. Um, yeah. Continues to be replayed to yeah, this it day. Was, uh, it seemed like the games against the big teams brought out the big performances in you. Yeah, it, a lot of people have said that about myself. Uh, Seem to step up in the in big occasions, and, and I think uh, I think when you when, even when you look back on my career, like like we said earlier about the Wrexham game, it was, which was at Wembley, and I, I popped up and scored two. Then the big games I played up here, I seemed to score. Uh, uh, luckily for me, someone were were good goals. Uh, now you say that the Celtic one uh, it was an unbelievable pass from Big Mick. Uh, I actually went to run the opposite way. If you see my movement. Uh, and then Torah, I think it's Torah, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. He kind of sees me and tries to block me, so I just check and go the other way. And I, I actually think I'm offside because it was very, very close when you look back. And then, I don't know what, made, I don't know what made me it first time. I just kind of caught him in the corner of my eye off his line, and I thought if I can get this looped over him, that'd be a great finish. Like not even thinking this is going to go in. You know, I just thought right, like I said earlier. Confidence is high. Something you try to go in. Something if that would if I'd have miss hit that, I'd have looked terrible. I'd have looked like a right bloody idiot. So I thought, right, I'll give it a go. I'm confident. And when it when it when it hit my foot, I thought it's in. I can't believe it's in. 
And he, he couldn't have, I couldn't have connected with that ball any better. It was just obviously icing in the cake to, to win that game. It was, it was a disappointing collapse, but... I remember being 2-0 two, two up, half-time, and we were all buzzing in the changing room. And we were like, right, we could do it, blah, blah, blah. And then Brendan Rodgers, it was Brendan Rodgers, wasn't it, yeah? He changed the formation second half, and I'll never forget this. I think he went like a four, no, a three-four-three, and we could not deal with it. We, the... They were like literally playing one centre half, and then the other two centre halves were bombing on and joined in, joining in with the full back, like the wing backs. And because they're so good on the ball, we were like, "How do we counteract this? What are we doing?" And I remember just like looking to Mark McGee, thinking, "We've got to change it." I remember saying it in the game, "We've got to change it. We've got to change it." And uh, I don't think we changed it <laughs> for one reason or another. I don't know what it was. And once they got one, they got two, they got three. Unfortunately, they got four. Hey, how does the offer of free beer sound to you? Yes, free beer. Thanks to our friends at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash MFC, pay the postage, and what's more, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's a total of ten free beers. Beer52.com forward slash MFC. You didn't get four goals against Aki's the next time you came up against them, but you got a crucial, crucial goal in um, the Hogman A game. <laughs> the team are struggling at the bottom of the league. Yeah. Losing to Aki's would have been a, it could have been decisive, really. Well, I remember the build-up to that game uh, because we obviously had the break after uh, and everyone saying, this is huge, this is huge. Like This you know keeps us away from the relegation and you know because I think we were struggling at the time. I think we both were, weren't we? Yeah, How, and Andos were, so it was kind of like, you know, whoever wins this gets one up. I know it's a derby and that was always the case anyway, but a little bit more to it. And then Lucas does a horrendous challenge on Donati in the first 10, 15 minutes. And it was quite wet, actually. And so it might have just skidded off the surface, I don't know. But go down to 10 men, we, we actually didn't do too bad in the game. It was a game that Alan Campbell came in for his Yeah, he did well, really well. Yeah. Well, Alan's one of them. He's got lots of energy and he probably covered Lucas and himself in that game anyway. Uh, but, you know, we, we conceded the goal and we were one down and I remember getting the throw in on the left side and then uh, some for some reason, Carmi Q gets down the wing and crosses it in and I'm just at the back post nodding it in. And then what happened after was all a blur. <laughs> I remember get waking up with sore knees, put it that way. Yeah, that, that would have lasted the whole winter break, I think, the, the knee slides. And I actually, yeah, uh, I drove home down south that night, straight after the game. Uh, and I remember because we, I think it was New Year's, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was uh, I had jeans packed. I was like, I couldn't wear the jeans. <laughs> I was like, went around my missus, my dad's and like they're all like, because we had like a little get together. I was just there in my shirt in my, my shirt and shorts. So I was like, I can't put jeans on, my knees are too sore. <laughs> it was brilliant. You got a goal in the, the first game back after the break. Uh, that would be the Scottish Cup game at Ibrooks. Going one nil ahead with about ten minutes to go, but still managing to find a way to lose the game. There was obviously the interview with Mark McGee after the game where his emotions were still running high. You could just feel how much that game hurt. Does the dressing room is that discussed the the kind of the disappointment in the manager's voice? It kind of almost felt like at that point Matt McGee was somewhat defeated. It, things were never really the same after that game. Yeah, I think that game 
like you say, we actually played really well in that game. Yeah, it was it was just one little mistake. I don't want to name him because he was such a good guy. No, Big Mick, uh, he'd be his first. He'd be the first one to put his hands up. Uh, I think it was a, ba- a bad first touch or something, or a bad pass. I don't know. With Kenny, yeah, Kenny Miller just nicked in, and Big Mick was. Well, we all played so well in that game, and we were just fuming after the game. And we're going one 0 up, and I remember the header, great cross from Cads on the right side, uh, and the header goes in, and I try to do a knee slide and fall over. I remember that. But then, even for the rest of the game, we played so well. I actually think we we score again. Actually, and it's offside. I think uh, yeah, Piero puts one in, and it. I think it's off me actually. I think it's going in and it hits his back and goes in or something. He's just offside. But we were flying. We were creating loads of chances and just that one little mistake and then they end up winning the game. And the interview after, to be fair, I I can't remember the interview with Mark McGee. So that might be just something that the fans picked up on. Us as players, I I can't remember that game mentioned. I know we were all absolutely fuming after the game. Uh, But like you say, because we played so well and everyone played so well, it's hard to say that was your effing fault, blah, 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 because we put everything into that game and we did so well. It was just one little thing. So, with the interview, though, I can't remember the lads picking up on it, I'll be honest. The the biggest one for us was the Aberdeen one, which I'm sure you're going to come to in a bit. I'm coming <laughs> on to it right, right now. Uh, the, you got the winner against Ross County at the end of January, and that seemed to, we kind of thought at that point, maybe that's going to change the course of the season. That didn't happen, though. There was a the 7-2 at Pataudry. It was only a couple of weeks between the 7-2 and then obviously you've got the the 5-1 against Dundee as well. Oh, I remember that one. The defensive display in the first half. It was, oh, I remember that. That, that was here. Right. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Was that before the Aberdeen one? That was after the Aberdeen game. That was Mark McGee's last game. I remember, yeah. I remember like the Aberdeen one especially. Uh, because I was playing, I didn't see any of it. And then... I got on the coach after, and it was everywhere on Twitter. And the old, like, you know, whatever happened. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you'd have to ask him for his opinion on it. But yeah, obviously, he was affected on it. I know he used to manage there and play there, did he? So I think the emotions were high, like, from, from that, really. Uh, and obviously, the result wasn't great. Uh, so that was that. Uh, and then the Dundee one here. I think there was a few fans outside protesting, weren't there? During the game. And that, was it during the game as yeah, well, was uh, it? See, I can't, I remember, yeah, I do remember that, actually, that was a bad game, that was. I remember coming out, actually, and uh, all those, the staff at the football club, the stewards and what have you, were like, how doesn't change the room for a little bit because of the how, like the, the safety of us? And we were like, don't be daft, we'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. And then we came out and the, the fans were actually fine towards us players and, Aiming it all at the manager, which is never nice. It's it's not nice, you know, because we we are the players on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Mark McGee did everything he could, so it wasn't wasn't a nice period, really, if I'm honest. Stephen Robinson came in as manager. The team did manage to stay up, but it was it was very narrow. You get the winning goal at Hamilton, and what was maybe the decisive game, the one nil that came off your your shoulder. I think, yeah. It's often talked about with Motherwell and a relegation struggle. The players are playing for not only their livelihoods, 
but also the livelihoods of all the staff who who people are so complimentary anyone that comes here about how hard working the staff are that must add a, a fair degree of pressure on as well yeah that was the end of the second my second season wasn't it yeah I, I remember because uh, that was a tough time going back to the mark mcgee stuff and stuff like that uh it's never nice to see anyone lose a job uh so yeah that was a tough time and then obviously he went uh and then did we not have a manager for a game or two or did it happen straight away Stephen Robinson oh, he come back temp, as yeah yeah temporary yeah because I remember we went to Kilmarnock away would that be his first game yeah that's yeah. right Zach Jules got the winner yeah on that one. that's it and we won 2-1 yeah uh, and I remember I've said this many a time with, with, with Mark McGee he, he initially came and we found the way of playing we went the 4-3-3 Marv got sold and then I found that we could never find a way of playing again. Uh, we didn't have a left winger until Elliot Freer came in, but that there was a period, there was a gap between that. So we we, we just lost our, our our identity of how to play, uh, and I think that's what cost him. If if I'm if I'm truthful, uh, we were chopping and changing formation week in week out. I think I was playing on the wing quite a lot, uh, and then I was up front, and it was difficult because you know. It, he was. I think he was playing Joe Chalmers on the left wing and trying to find a solution. We didn't have a you know a way of playing, and then he went. I think Bowie played on the left for a bit. Scotty played on the left, so that's that. You know the evidence was there. Uh, so that Sally Marv didn't help. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but obviously the club couldn't do anything about that. He's got good money for him. But then when he went, uh, the gaffer now Steve Robertson came in and literally. We knew what Stephen Robinson was about before anyway. We knew what a fantastic coach he was and how thorough he was on the training ground. So us as players, we, we wanted him in because uh, we knew what he was about. We knew what kind of guy he was. We knew what, how good he was on training pitch. And then he came in and uh, train levels went up again. Uh, he got us into the room downstairs and showed us how he wants us to set up, how he wants us to play. And we got to back. We got back to being very, very organised and hard to beat. And I think that game at Kilmarnock, where we won two-one, I think there was only like a week in between Mark McGee and Stephen Robinson. But we were so much more organised, and we knew how we were playing. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't pretty sometimes, but we were winning games, and we stayed up. It's often mentioned that Stephen Robinson's a very reactionary manager. He's, yeah. he's able to adapt to circumstance. Yes, they had to keep the team up and possibly kind of dirtier circumstances yeah. and just everyone yeah. all hands in deck. Then over the summer, he was able to put his own mark in the team. Again, you were carrying an injury over the summer. You came back in the... I had another hernia. The, the, the <laughs> bet, Fred. And you returned as a, a free kick expert as well. The surgeon that must have fixed my hernia must have been magic. Because <laughs> the, the season before, which I explained, come back from holiday, I had one side done of my hernia. Played the full season, but still felt it on the other side, and then had that operated on. So I was like, "Wow!" But uh, like you say, <laughs> thankfully I come back, and it was it Hamden, wasn't it? Uh, which was weird. Who was that against? Queens Park. Queens Park, yeah, because they use that ground, don't they? Came on for probably ten minutes, if that. And we're getting a free kick, and uh, Craig Tanner actually wanted to take it. Who's like, "I'm taking this." I went. 
Tans, give me the ball, mate. <laughs> I don't know what. I, I, again, I think that's just confidence. I did score a couple at Wrexham, though. You did it. What I was going to go on to is you did it the very next week against Morton as well. He came off the bench. I think it was funny that. Stephen Robinson, again, he must have watched clips on me when I was at Wrexham because I think he was a big part of me coming here with Ian Barraclough. Uh, and I scored a couple of free kicks at Wrexham. But when I came here, Scotty was in the team and Scotty had to take corners, free kicks, penalties. I managed to get penalties off him because he missed one at Inverness, which I was on the bench for. So I said, when I got on the team, I can't remember who my first penalty was against, actually. Uh, but I, I grabbed the ball and I said, listen, I'll take the penalties, you take the free kicks. So he kept taking these free kicks in it and I never seen him score one. I think he scored one before I came, to be fair. Uh so then when Scotty went, I grabbed this free kick and it went in against uh, Queen's Park at Hamden. I was like, oh my days. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a decent free kick. Uh, but then <laughs> weirdly, the week after, I do it again here against Morton, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think if you if you see the celebration, you'll see on my face like, wow, where's that coming? Where did that just come from? <laughs> Literally played no football. I don't think I played a pre-season game that, that, that pre-season because I've just come back from an earlier. Uh, so I was so unfit. I thought the best chance of me scoring here is getting this ball and putting it in the top bin. And <laughs> luckily for myself, I did it twice. <laughs> you, you did start that season in tremendous form though. Seven goals in five games. I'm giving it as seven goals in five games because Soccer Base now have the Aberdeen Cup game. Joe Lewis' own goal, no, they've updated not. that too. Uh, I want your opinion on that as well, but that was a, a tremendous night coming yeah. against an Aberdeen team that only six months before had beaten Muddle 7-2. It, it marked a real turnaround and to also get to Hamden as well. Yeah. That must be a special memory for you. Yeah, it is actually that. Like you say, the start of that season, I think it came from them free kicks, if I'm honest. That confidence and that belief just came from them free kicks. We actually played Rangers here, I think the week after that, that the, the Morton game, actually. In a Mr. Sitter, actually. A volley, which I don't normally miss volleys, what I did. Although I got my own back on them a couple of months later. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. But I remember missing that and all their fans were behind the goal and giving me pouters, fuming I was. I was thinking, ah, because I think it was nil-nil and we, we could have won the game. And I was fuming. And I think, because I wasn't fully fit, so I was pointing it down to that. I was like, ah, I'm not fully fit. I'd score that if I was fit. One of them ones. And then, uh, obviously, a few weeks later, we played Aberdeen. And like you say, that, that the ghost goal, <laughs> uh, which was my goal, uh, I didn't think there was any debate over whether it was your goal, to be perfectly honest. It's just two years later, they seem to have taken it off you. We'll have a word. Yeah, please do. Because <laughs> that'll go against my record against four Motherwell in general. But yeah, that was a good win, that. Uh, I can't remember the first. What Was it a 2-1 game? What, the Aberdeen game? Yeah. It was 3-0. 3-0. Was so it the one where I scored? You scored the flick. Uh, yeah. From the, at the front post for the first goal. The second one, you've kind of cut in from the right-hand side. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realise that was so early on in the season. Yeah, so that was the end of September. Um, and you, you didn't actually find the net in between that game and the, the semi-final, which... I didn't. No. Uh, 
I think there's only two or three games in between. I it, find you, but that surely is your most special memory in a Motherwell jersey that that semi final at Hamden. I do watch now. You say I do remember not scoring because I remember like just thinking, oh, I'm saving it, I'm saving it. <laughs> <Not bad. laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was unbelievable, unbelievable. The the atmosphere and uh, going one up was good enough. <clears throat> I mean that, like the, the feeling and what have you. From, I mean, I've still I still think about it quite a lot nowadays. Uh, when Pete wins the first header, hit, hits the bar, ricochets about, and I somehow just tap it in from a couple yards out, and it hits the roof of the net, and then we just all go mental. I mean, what a feeling! And then you know, throughout the game, I think they have a few chances, and then we, we you know we score that second goal, and it's just like. Oh, Get in. What a moment, though. The ball leaves your feet. The whole of Hamden seems to fall silent. deathly silent. silent. You hear the ball ripple in the net and then oh. just the the noise and the, the scenes after it. It's just magnificent. Honestly, the, oh, that, that feeling, I've tried to explain since I can't. It is unbelievable. Just when Dunny clears the ball, which was definitely just a clearance, not a pass, uh, and I break out and I'm, I'm running and I just thought, again, it was similar to the Celtic one with a side foot kind of technique. I, I actually think I just did it because it's the last 15 minutes of the game and I'm knackered and I'm thinking, I'm confident. I've already scored one and I, I've got belief in my technique and I'm thinking, right, hit it, hit it. I didn't even know where the keeper was, I don't think. And again, he could be on his line and catch that and look and just laugh at me. Thankfully for me, he's not, and it it couldn't have actually positioned any better in that net. The way it just goes in, and like like you say, the the clip on the tally where you, you see every all the fans and they just like go silent, and then it just hits the net, and everyone just erupts. And I'm running behind the goal, going mental. <laughs> what a feeling! Unbelievable. Does that remain up there with with oh. anything you've achieved in the game? Hundred percent. That's yeah. I'm, it's probably my proudest moment, yeah, definitely. I think the occasion, uh, the crowd, the build-up to the game, everything, it was it was unbelievable. There was a real belief in the team and got into the cup final, despite the fact Celtic were the, the invincibles the previous season, they were taking on and defeating everything that was put in front of them. I think there was a feeling about the club that we could do something there. You could see on the full-time whistle, We'll not go into the circumstances of the game yeah. in great detail, but it was it was disappointing, a massive muddle crowd. We just fell short. Yeah. Certainly didn't do ourselves any shame. It was a, a really good performance. But you could see in your face particularly that yeah. you were absolutely devastated. I think that's why it hurt even more because we beat Rangers in the semi so convincingly with the two goals to none. And we were doing well in the league and we were performing well. I think that gave us that much hope we generally believed, and so we should, by the way, we were going to beat Celtic because I 100% thought we were. I 100% thought we were in good form. I'm scoring goals. We're doing well. Everyone's playing well. We were, near enough, everyone was fit. Like, we'll, we'll give them a good game here, especially like we took them toe to toe here and you know, we beat them the, the year before at their place, it just felt right. It just felt like we aren't losing this game. And I think that's why it hurts so much. Uh, 
it was a, uh, it was a boring game if I'm honest. I mean they they were playing like that. they normally do, keeping it out the, throughout the back and side to side, and it was hard to play against. Remember, we I've, I ended up playing quite deep, uh, which I was fuming with, but I know I knew I had to do for the team because they were keeping it so well, which you know it's credit to them really. And then obviously they get the goal and the sending off, and then. Craig Gordon saving the header from myself and it just it's just one of them days, wasn't it, unfortunately. But who knows what the future holds, eh? Must have been quite a awkward conversation when Scott Sinclair walked into the dressing room at Deepdale. You know what? We haven't actually mentioned it. And uh Probably for the best. Yeah, it probably is for the best. We've mentioned the four three game. He mentioned that to me. Uh I think he scored the winning penalty that game. So that's probably why I've mentioned it. Uh the final hasn't got mentioned as yet, but I will bring it up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> there was no break from Celtic. There was, again, they were at Fur Park on the, the Wednesday night. At that point, still hadn't been defeated. I think it was 58 league games or something like that. And then a penalty, penalty. controversial circumstances. Andy Rose. That'd be your, I your remember last saying, appearance at Fur Park as well. Was it? Yeah, that was your last game. Yeah. I didn't even realise that. I remember coming in actually and saying to Rosie, why have you tried to tackle him? He's on the byline. And he was like, it's not a foul, it's not a foul. I was like, you've given an opportunity to give a foul though. It's going nowhere. So we were all a bit fuming with that one because was it one each that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because we scored like a flute goal, didn't we? I'm, I'm trying to just remember who scored the goal. It was like a set piece. It was on a goal. Yeah, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. It was like a set piece into the into yeah, and then obviously they score penalty. Was it a penalty? Yeah, in the in the last minute. And Sinclair scores the penalty. But again, we thought right, we've done them, we've beat them, blah blah blah, and then that happens. And then am I right? We played them for a third time on the Saturday. Yeah, or the that Sunday. one wasn't quite as close, unfortunately. But they certainly. What was the result in that third game? Oh, we'll not go into that too much. But five-one. <laughs> uh, I came off, didn't I? Yeah, I pulled me. I'm sure in that game. Yeah, so that that was that was yeah. ultimately your your last appearance. In, Did I come off just before half time there, or at half time maybe? Yeah, that that was that was ended up being my last game, didn't it? That yeah, and I, I guess kind of like Wrexham, it's it's a wee bit of a disappointing yeah. note to to finish on. Yeah. But what we've went through, there's so many highs, a few lows in between. Oh, oh, well, if you were to sum it up, you'd have more highs than lows, wouldn't you? That's yeah, for absolutely. sure. And I think that's plays a part in this football club being so fond. Uh, why I am so fond of this football club because of that. Uh, but that's because of hard work and determination from everyone involved. And that's what this football club is. And that's why it's a good mix because I've got hard work and determination in me and this football club's all about that. And they love passion and I and I love passion. And the fans certainly love you you look at the, the team of the decade that was released yeah recently. that was a proud moment you're, really you're proud, proud of moment, that yeah. 25 greatest post-war players you were included in that yeah. so time and time again your contribution to the club has been recognized yeah. i want to touch on something else as well just your relationship with the supporters your relationship mm. off the park that you always struck me as a character that couldn't do enough for people you were always keen to help out where possible a, f- a footballer with a, a real social conscience and and his role as a footballer, uh, that's quite a unique thing. Uh, and I think that's one of the contributory factors as to why 
the fans took to you almost yeah. instantly. Yeah, uh, I think on that on that respect, it uh, it was just something I've, I I started doing when I joined Nuneaton actually, which was three four years ago. Uh, I just started to get back to people on Twitter. Uh, they were saying kind things about me, and I re- and I just reply and say, "Oh, thanks, mate." Like you know, that means a lot because it does. It, I I think that can give a player an extra 10% confidence. Uh, so I, I always kind of responded. And then I went to Wrexham and their fan base was quite high. And uh, and it was such a, a friendly football club and friendly people and great people. I wanted to continue that and I did. And I, and I was, I, I enjoy getting back to people. And, you know, I'm, I've said it all along, you know, we are role models in, 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 you know, in the world. So... It's important for us to give off the right message and be good people, uh, and I'm a massive believer in that. I think good things will happen to good people. Uh, I've said that many a time, and uh, I got treated with so much respect when I joined this football club. So I wanted to give back to this football club and and try and do as much as I could off the pitch as well as on the pitch, uh, because they made me feel so welcome. And it's something I'll always continue to do now. Uh, it's just something I enjoy doing. Larry, this has been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much. Cheers. (laughs) 